1: For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com.
0: I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music.
2: With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacking.
3: to snacky tunes i'm one half your host darren bresnitz greg bresnitz is totally not doing something totally awesome and eating his way through paris so not jealous that he's just hanging out in another country eating at brevoulet and septine and all those places that i totally don't want to be at either so good for you greg Sounds but i'm like a jerk <laughs> i know right Sounds like a jerk. see but we miss him have fun be safe that was just play pretend by toy cities who will be playing live Later in the show and uh, guys don't be don't be too upset about the amount of gear you have because it's it's you're in a corner of the room, we've had bands take up the whole place so you guys are good. Um, today we are doing a little bit of a fall preview of some of our most look forward to food events coming up. Uh, New York Food and Wine is just around the corner. Greg and I will be DJing Dale's Dim Sum Party for the third year, which is on that Sunday, which I think is the 18th, um, around 2 p.m. at Budokan. It's always a good time. I can't tell, but I don't remember if it's sold out or if tickets are available, but it's a lot of fun, a lot of food, a lot of sake, things like that. But uh, we have the people from um, the Good Fest, uh, Wenjay and Chris.
4: Hey. What's Hi. up? What's up?
3: Uh, Wenjay, you are from Good Fest, and Chris, you are from Local Roots, correct?
5: Yeah, one in the same. One in the same? All
4: in the same family. The uh, Good Festival is hosted by Local Roots.
3: Okay, so let's start with Local Roots. What is Local Roots.
4: So Local Roots is an organization that creates a community around local food. Um, We do that primarily with an alternative CSA model. We have CSAs all throughout Brooklyn and Manhattan. We have about 15 locations. And we also do events to build our community, like supper clubs and cooking classes. And twice a year, we do the Good Festival.
3: Twice a year?
4: Yeah, twice a year.
3: And what is the Good Fest?
4: So the Good Fest is um, a party and a night of bands playing um with cooking demos between sets so it's constantly something happening it's about celebrating all these amazing people and things that make up new york city
3: um so what is an example of a like band that would play and then a cooking demo that would happen how does that work
4: Okay, so, for example, last year, we had a cooking demo on how to make fresh pasta mm. from the guys uh, from uh, Spoglini, which they're based um, in Brooklyn. And right after that, we had a performance by The Susan, which is like a good Japanese. Oh, I love The Susan. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, yeah, so you get to learn about something you might not know you're interested in, and then right afterwards, dance.
3: Uh, so, this year you have things like pickled everything, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, what's that going to be about?
4: Um, that's going to be a really special workshop. Pasta We've been, making again, right? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. How to pickle pasta. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have had these amazing high school interns. We did a class with them this past summer about the local food system and how to eat healthy. Um, so, they were so excited. They decided to intern with us this season. And so, they're going to be heading this demonstration. I hadn't had a pickle. Pretty much anything. So it's a way that when you have your CSA share, or when you're buying any food, to know and remind yourself that you can always be more sustainable by pickling your beet stems or even pickling nectarines or plums you can use later on and maybe like Bloody Marys. Jalapenos. Jalapenos. Mm,
3: pickled jalapenos.
4: Yeah, name anything and you can pickle it. Pasta. You can pickle that. It's kind of probably gross. Pickle pasta? Advanced level. Advanced yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Advanced level. So, the you know, food festivals are such the norm now and... Even food festivals with music elements. What makes yours stand out? What makes yours different?
4: I think it's a really intimate night. Everyone is super excited. They, I think, they're all experiencing something new. I think the people that go there for the bands generally aren't. They didn't know they're interested in maybe being more sustainable or eating locally, or they weren't aware of that world. Um, And this is kind of like a really nice introduction to them. And on the other side, people that come here for the the local food um, system, that part of it, they might not be aware of all these amazing bands that mm. are living in their neighborhoods. Like, just because they don't hear them on the radio, does not mean that they're not worth checking out.
5: And I feel like the good festival in the past has had this awesome vibe of like a friendly house party where you're oh, yeah. chilling with a bunch of people that you know and that you like. But those people also have an extensive bar, and they're food-savvy folks making the snacks and showing you how to make them when you go home and leave the party. So it's, it's a little bit different than your average festival.
3: So when people show up, what can they expect from the moment they walk in the door? Um, Do you walk in and just get a pickle and a beer right away? I
4: think you get the beer first, Okay. say hi, make a new friend, dance, and then get a pickle.
3: Okay, I like that.
4: And we're actually going to be having a chef in the backyard making ice cream filled caramel donuts.
3: I have no problem with that. Literally no problem with that. That
4: in itself is how our festival is different.
3: (laughs) So talk to me about some of the bands that you're playing. Um, Turnip King, Dino Walrus. How did you curate the bands? Are they paired with the food at all? What was your thought process behind that?
4: It's really funny because every year I've booked this festival, there's always been some band whose name is related to food. Okay. And it's never been intentional. Um and that would be
3: Dino Walrus this year, right? Of course. And Not Chimes. King. Chimes actually. And not Turn Up King. No,
4: no. I don't even know what that is.
3: Turn up what's that?
4: What is that? It's um, like it's a, It's like, a, like turn down for what?
3: To, yeah. Turn up for King?
4: Yeah. <laughs> um but they it's you know, I used to book shows before I started local roots. I used to play multiple shows a night in the bands I was in. What were you in? I was in the Honeydews, the Escalators, Archipelago, Laura Stevenson in the cans. Um Busy. Busy. Didn't have a real job. Nice. <laughs> um, so before, I was booking, you know, bands that I knew from playing shows. Um, so sometimes they are friends, but they're all, like, you know, amazing artists. And this year, there are people that I've either seen at shows perform... Or people that I've just heard about from word of mouth. And they're all, it's a really, really good mix of like lo-fi garage rock to psychedelic stuff to kind of like punk folk music. It's a little bit of something for everyone.
3: Okay. Okay. And um, how do people get tickets? Are their tickets still available? Is this sold out?
4: Tickets are $10 presale you can go to our website find the link you can pay 12 blocks at the door that gets you the first hour sponsored by kelso brewery you get open bar Love it. who doesn't like that of course um yeah is online information local you can find out about the cooking demonstrations we have chris is going to be doing one about DIY green cleaning alternatives. What is that? And beauty products. So uh, basically we'll be hosting a little
5: demo where people can take some samples away. But the green house cleaning will be learning how to make a really sustainable and um, just sort of wonderful smelling cleaning product without a bunch of weird chemicals. So it's stuff that's crazy cheap. Most of the ingredients you can buy from the bodega Or the grocery store, you can mix them at home. And uh, it's much less kind of toxic than a lot of the things you see in the market. And you can kind of refresh as you want it. You don't always have to go out and buy the stuff that you don't really understand what's in it. Or, you know, maybe you shouldn't be having it in your kitchen where you're also eating. A bunch of reasons why it's nice to make your own stuff. Um, And then the beauty part of it, people will get to take away a little sample of a homemade sunscreen, that also, you know, you can create what you want. So like my sunscreens, I use things like carrot seed oil, uh zinc, which is awesome for healing parts of your skin, also evens out your tone, um, and works as a great natural sunblock. Um, and you can put out other stuff that serves multi purposes. So antibacterial or um really great moisturizers, and everyone will have a little sample so you can take a treat and you could eat it if you wanted to it's like most people don't want to eat it but it's no. not going to hurt you okay and Drink you can a do a few it beers
4: maybe try taste test maybe do sunscreen. some uh,
3: natural sunscreen you know backs
4: <laughs> natural yep. sunscreen backs um,
3: yep and so what is it where, when is it where is it
4: it is next Saturday, October 11th. Boom. Starts from it's from six to eleven. Amazing. There's a dance party right afterwards at Friends and Lovers in Crown Heights, which is also really exciting to have to bring an event like this to a neighborhood, which I feel like, you know, usually these things happen in Williamsburg or Bushwick. Bushwick so we're really excited to be at Friends and Lovers.
3: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you both for coming by. Thank you guys you. up on the gram and Twitter
4: at Local Roots NYC.
3: How's your Twitter game? How's your Instagram game?
4: Uh I think my Instagram's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty Not entertaining Instagram.
3: What am I what when I hop on there, what am I, what am I gonna see?
5: Oh photos from this weekend? From the beach. From the beach. Yeah, hey, happy birthday. Light, light think, and sound yeah.
4: installations. Yeah. Oh yeah, laser maze pictures possibly.
3: Laser maze.
4: Yeah. It was awesome.
3: I yeah. And dangerous. I guess my invite got
2: lost. That's okay. It's okay.
3: This is our fall food event preview show. Uh, we have on the phone right now Lou Bryson uh, from Whiskey Fest, New York. Lou, welcome to Snacky Tunes.
6: Thanks very much. Uh,
3: how are you doing today? Good.
6: It's a beautiful day.
3: It is a beautiful day, and the Eagles did win, so everyone is very, it did. very happy. For it
6: wasn't pretty, but it's a win.
3: It has not been a pretty season, but it is a win. Um, That's right. So Lou, you have what I would say is a dream job. You are the managing editor of Whiskey Advocate, which is the country's foremost whiskey magazine. How does a how does one land that job?
6: Well, you know, to be honest, it's really weird because I started out as a librarian. Oh. Um, Did you have one not, of those? Books? Not your usual career path.
3: Did you have one of those books <laughs> that was hollowed out with a whiskey bottle inside?
6: No, you know, I kind of went. I went from libraries to beer and then to whiskey. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I guess you Yeah, because the, the library thing wasn't working out.
3: No, uh, maybe. I guess you just have. Are those people have one of those brains that can just catalog everything?
6: <laughs> no, nah, I wish I did. Uh, that was part of the reason the library thing didn't work out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, um, so you were into beer, and when did you start getting into beer and to whiskey? I think you've been in since like the late 90s, so before it was really trendy.
6: Uh, Yeah, actually, earlier than that, um, I was into the craft beer thing, wow, back in the early 80s, Uh, and um, started picking up on whiskey about 95.
3: What was this scene like back then? Because it definitely was not, you didn't have the internet, it wasn't, you know, there's no organizations, how did you find about these... You know, microbreweries and these small batch beers and these whiskeys and things like that.
6: Um, It was mostly it was a lot more personal then. You know, you relied on um, people telling you things. There was um, there was some. uh, There were email lists. There were early internet services like Prodigy and CompuServe. I actually met. Garrett Oliver at Brooklyn Brewing, he was on CompuServe.
3: Oh, my God. Um, I, I will have to give him a, a hard time for that. Do you remember his... Yeah, uh, that was
6: way back then. We were all such freaking nerds. CompuServe.
3: Do you remember his... What was your uh, screen name back then?
6: I do not even recall.
3: Beer Guy. No idea. Beer Guy 45? Something like that?
6: <laughs> you know, I've I, almost everywhere I've gone, I've just managed to use my name because it's not a really common name, Bryson, so... yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like I've just been pricing. able to do that. But before that, you know, it was mostly like guys would um, print up little pamphlets and you'd just kind of run around following. I mean, the first time I ever went to a beer festival was out in California. I had to drive three and a half hours. It wow. was just there wasn't that much stuff around.
3: And so now in 2014 or now, it's completely different.
6: Oh, I mean, my God. It's, <laughs> it's like 180 degrees. You know, you can't, you can't go three blocks without hitting a great bar.
3: I mean, so I mean, is there a benefit and maybe a not so great benefit to the widespread knowledge of beer and whiskey? Is it tougher to filter what's actually quality through what's sort of just noise? Um,
6: I, I, what I think is the, and, and I'm going to sound like an, an old curmudgeon saying it, but I really think one of the downsides is people really don't appreciate what they have, so they kind of tend to just want the best of everything right. and. I mean, we're seeing that in whiskey now. We we just did uh, whiskey fest in San Francisco on Friday. Beautiful. Uh, I just got back from that yesterday afternoon, and you know, we opened the doors. There was a huge surge, and uh, this massive line developed in front of the Van Winkle table. Right. There was a line there all night. Right. Now, I I like the whiskey, but come on, guys, there were a lot of there were. There were some amazing whiskeys in that room.
2: Right,
3: right, and right. And
6: all these guys could think of, got to have the Van Winkle because it's best.
3: Right, right. Because yeah. that's, that's the most recognizable sort of That's what everybody hit. tells
6: them is the best, so they, they have to go drink it. And I'm like, you know what? It may not be the best for you. For you. You ought to go try some other
3: stuff. So talk to me about Whiskey Fest. Um, you guys, this uh, the one that you're doing in New York will actually be the 40th Whiskey Fest overall, the 17th. In New York itself in New York yeah. how did it get started who came up with this beautiful amazing idea uh, tell me the history of it
6: well you know the weird thing is um, uh, the editor and publisher of the magazine John Hansel mm-hmm. um, you know he tells this story and well to be honest after sitting down with him on several occasions and, and mm-hmm. drinking I, I, I finally have come to the realization that he's telling the truth it <laughs> it came to him in a dream. Um you remember like back in like 96 yeah. nobody had ever done anything like this before. Right. Uh I mean there were some some places where you could find um some different whiskies uh you know besides bars every now and then an event but I mean beer festivals yeah that was you know that was a common thing but in like 96 97 whiskey was actually still on a slight decline. Um it was a much tougher market and John was getting excited about it. We were um we had just shifted uh the magazine. The magazine was malt advocate back then, not whiskey advocate. We were a beer magazine and the uh craft brewery explosion kind of flatlined midway through ninety six and everything just kinda you know, everybody stepped back, they stopped buying advertising, so we decided to become a whiskey magazine. Which I gotta say is the smartest move we ever made. I mean and
3: I mean whiskey is probably it, you've seen the
6: pl- that was right about the time it exploded. I mean what and, do you, what uh, do you so think he, made whiskey
3: he, explode in that way?
6: What what made it? Yeah. I you know, um I think some of it was was us and the and the other people that started doing stuff because when we did that first whiskey fest in ninety seven, uh people suddenly got to see the master distillers you know they got to see the people who were actually making the whiskey and you know that still gets some people I was just um out in Kentucky oh about three four months ago for this is uh the 60th anniversary of Jimmy Russell starting work at Wild Turkey the current master distiller
2: right right
6: he's been working there for 60 years and we were out for that thing and he was telling a story how he went out to a uh just like a mom-and-pop liquor store in California, they were doing, going around and doing visits. And he's sitting talking to the guy, and all of a sudden the guy stops and starts yelling for his wife, you got to come out and see this guy. He's real and that was yeah, seriously, you know, they're like, no, he's not just some guy they hired like an actor or something. He actually makes the whiskey. And I I think some of it was that people had never really considered that before. Right. And all of a sudden, these guys start becoming like rock stars in the whiskey aficionado community, and that put a face on it and that really got media interested. And we started seeing more stories about it. Um it was, there was definitely some assist from the whole uh, craft beer interest and the and the foodie thing. Yeah. Um, you know, people started thinking about more stuff. We got some boost from uh, the interest in classic cocktails. Mm. Uh, and I'll tell you, another thing we got a lot of boost from, and unfortunately now isn't there anymore, uh, Scotch whiskey took a, a, a big decline in the late 70s, early 80s, and they had the, all this surplus stock actually called it the Whiskey Lock. It was just this big, you know, huge reserve of whiskey. They didn't know what to do with it. And that's when they really started pushing single malts because they thought, well, you know, we can maybe do some of the value-added thing. We can sell it for a little more. And, maybe we and you know, they started talking about that, and all of a sudden they had a story instead of a brand.
2: Uh-huh. You know,
6: instead of all these blended whiskeys, which is all we ever saw, um, we started getting some of the stories behind these actual individual distilleries and the, the individual names and the different ages and what was going into it and people started getting interested. They are, they're, people always get interested when there's more to be interested about. And I think that has helped every every part of the whiskey category. And we're actually starting to see it. I mean, the last one to benefit from this is Canadian. And yeah. Canadians actually finally coming along. I had an amazing 30-year-old Canadian Friday night.
3: Which What brand?
6: Uh, it's not actually a brand. It was just a lab sample. The guy from Wiser's has brought along. Cause he, uh, actually, he brought along for me because he knew there was... I really like their 18-year-old, the Wisers 18. And, uh, and he sees me coming, he's like waving me down. He says, I brought something. It looks like a mouthwash bottle, right? It's just a lab sample thing. And I started, I just started telling people about it. It's like, you go over there and ask you for the stuff under the counter, which I got to tell you, is always the best part of Whiskey Fest. Somebody always brings something. Just like, oh, here, try this.
3: So what can people and, expect when they show up, um, for yeah. Whiskey Fest? I'm sorry? What can people expect when they show up for Whiskey Fest? Um...
6: Well, you know, I think what most people are coming for is two things. I mean, one, we're I mean, this one is going to be the biggest selection ever. We have over four hundred whiskeys wow. to sample, so that's what they're. I mean, they're looking for they're looking for new stuff. They're looking for. Well, to be honest, sometimes some of them are looking for stuff they can't really afford to get a whole bottle of. Of course. Or maybe even, you know, I mean, some of these things are going for $60, $80 a pop in a bar. So, yeah, you know, I mean, our ticket's not cheap, but
2: you get your on the money. other hand,
6: once you parse it out, uh, it's not bad either. So they're looking for new whiskeys, they're looking for a bunch of different whiskeys to sample, and they're looking for the people who are pouring them. I mean, uh, Jimmy Russell at Wild Turkey, Jimmy has been to every Whiskey Fest He pours whiskey. He talks to people. They love it. Uh, You get the master blenders from the different Scotch distilleries. You get the distillery managers. I mean, uh, Cavalan from Taiwan, one of the hottest new distilleries in the world. And Friday night, in Chang, the master blender was right there pouring stuff and explaining what they were doing. Wow,
3: Taiwanese whiskey. Amazing.
6: It was was amazing. I was drinking the... uh, what they call the ex bourbon cask i mean it's their whiskey aged in uh used bourbon barrels and it was just delicious
3: so i know we are short on time but just two more questions and sure. I, I know it's like picking a favorite child or maybe a favorite <laughs> grandson what is your favorite whiskey and i know it's all season based i know that it's you know different weather calls are different whiskeys but what are you drinking now what are you most excited about what's something that you love that people can get at whiskey fest new york
6: wow um that's really hard um i guess right now um well yeah you know what to be honest this afternoon what i mean what i was drinking was um uh irish i'm i'm drinking a well actually i'm drinking a variety of um the uh single pot still irish whiskeys from uh middleton uh mm. i had some red breast i had some Love green it. spot um I mean green spot just started coming into the country this year uh really kind of excited about that um, Red Breast is an old favorite that's that's now available um it's everywhere has now. been for about eight yep. years fantastic stuff
3: good stuff I love that twelve year red breast yeah really great really nice He goes down a little too smooth
6: it, that's the problem
3: a little, <laughs> I have, isn't it always? I, know, I think
6: there must be a hole in my bottle
3: yeah I don't know i I, I <laughs> swear that the I had a glass that wasn't just ice you know yep. Uh, Well, Lou, I just want to thank you so much. So where can people get tickets for Whiskey Fest New York? What are the dates? What are the details?
6: Uh, You want to get it at whiskeyadvocate.com. It's whiskey with no E, W-H-S-I-W-H-I-S-K-Y, advocate.com. There's links there to to pick up the tickets. Um, The date, the date. Uh, My God, this is terrible. Um, It's the Friday before Halloween, so it'll be the 24th. Yes, the 24th. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and tickets are uh, still left? I mean, there are tickets left, so it's it's a dwindling number. Jump on it, but uh, there are still some there.
3: Actually, I have the date here. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's for something else. That's for the book tour. Well, listen, Lou, oh, okay. uh, I want to thank you so much. Uh, um, do you have an Instagram? I'm sure you're always like, or Twitter?
6: Uh, yeah, it's just Lou Bryson, L-E-W-B-R-Y-S-O-N.
3: All right, Lou. Well, I'm definitely coming out, and I'm definitely skipping the long lines, and uh, I'll, maybe I'll tap you for the inside track of the best whiskeys at Whiskey Fest New York. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate it, and I'll see you in a few weeks.
6: Okay. Very good. All right. Talk
2: Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye.
6: Bye. Thanks. Bye.
3: I want to welcome to the studio, Toy Cities, uh, here uh, from very own Brooklyn. How are you guys? Good, how are you? Uh, welcome, to, welcome to fall, actually. It, yeah. re- it real flipped this weekend, didn't it?
7: It just kind of happened, didn't it? It just kind of happened. I just I, fell into it.
3: Huh? I, I, I thought I had another weekend or two of non-sweaters, but I'm okay with that. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourself? Who does what? Who plays where?
7: Uh, I'm Mike. I play guitar and sing.
1: I'm Mitch. I play bass. I'm Josh. I play drums
7: back here. So how did you guys meet? Uh, Mitch I've known since childhood. Okay. Um, And Josh was... Craigslist. Craigslist, yeah. <laughs> mm. Years ago. Now, Craigslist is so long ago it doesn't count, but originally
3: it was Craigslist. Uh, Craigslist is now just, it's Bedlam. It's total madness. It's I like think.
7: all Close Encounters or something like that? It's just,
3: it's just, there's, it's not, it's all scams and weird people and things like that. Yeah. But you don't seem like a weird dude.
1: Uh, yeah, or we're weird to him. The what was is young.
3: what? What was the um, the post that caught your eye? How did you phrase it?
7: Uh, looking for drummer. Oh, okay, <laughs> willing to do anything yeah. to we're, make it.
3: Okay. Um. So, how did you guys find your sound? I mean, when we played the opening track, it's a very lush, very rich, fully produced sound. How did you guys work towards that?
7: Um. I, it just comes from our influence. Uh, I think just we're doing a lot of like neo psychedelia 80s stuff mm-hmm. and like a lot of post-punk stuff um and then just kind of the gear you accumulate kind of just informs your sound
3: you're like oh i got this new keyboard and it could do this i mean
7: it's true everyone tries to like this high noble thing but you know it's like oh i got a new keyboard let's use this thing
3: has um, a piece of equipment ever sort of written a song for you or inspired uh, a song
7: totally like uh, effects have written songs before what are you
3: pointing out over there
7: the drum pad drum pad yeah uh, a reverb
3: effect I'll be like okay you're this like, is the star of the song on this you're like oh we got something here I'm hearing something fresh is it because it's like a new sound Like you get in the studio you're excited like here's something we haven't put out before and you just get inspired by
7: that well I mean like just like uh, just like the, cooking yeah it's like whatever the you person. have in the, your kitchen yeah you're not. If you only have ingredients for pizza, you're not gonna make a meatloaf.
3: Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, what? I mean, I like put a little reverb on my uh, eggplant parm. Yeah. You know.
7: Is that like fresh basil or something? Fresh
3: basil, A.K.A. fresh reverb. Yeah. Real fresh, real nice. <laughs> give it that. Give it that nice, like full richness. Um. Well, why don't we hear a song? You guys want to okay. rock a jam? Yeah. What are you guys gonna play for us? We're
7: gonna play uh, Gallons.
3: Okay. Awesome. Sure. All right. Well, I'll let you do the walk over. Yeah. And we're gonna let uh Chris sneak out from Local Roots. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's come by today, especially Lou. We're going to have a whole bunch of fun with these guys. Here we go. Toy Cities live on Snacky Tunes. that was awesome Thank you. Thank you. a lot Thank of fun you. good sound rich sound full sound um so you have uh you had an album come out last year with uh chris moore who did yeah Yeahs, tv on the radio um
7: yeah we actually it actually came out this summer oh, we came out this summer working on the tracks
3: we started year. working on it but it came out this summer yeah um how's it been How's it feel to get your stuff out there
7: um awesome it's a long process you know from well over a year yeah, I, it always is, from like writing to, you know, rehearsing to recording, then mi- mixing, mastering, um, and then f- just wait. Then you're done and you gotta wait. Is that the toughest know?
3: part, just the waiting?
7: Yeah, waiting is, is the worst part. Because so then you're it- like, the record comes out and you're like, it's it's already the past to you, you know? You right. wait for promotion so. and yeah, stuff
1: right. we play the songs so many times we get a little bit sick of them and then we want to get into new songs but the record hasn't even come out so it's right. always like it's like first day
7: it's out it's like we've known these songs for yeah. like two years it's two
1: new days. to everyone else but it's old to us so we're always yeah. pretty progressive and it seems like we're always like five steps ahead of ourselves how often are you turning out new stuff or
3: writing new songs
1: uh, we, I don't know we have like
7: 15 like half songs right now you okay. know? it's like just like because now writing is just like A lot of demoing Yeah Like studio's right here On this laptop So
1: I got you So just
7: like A lot of like Stuff in progress
1: For this record I think we We wrote about 20 songs And then we just Picked the top 10 That we liked And we We'll probably come back To some of the old ones That we didn't use For this record And tweak them a little bit But we're also Going to write new stuff In the future What's the current scene In Brooklyn like? Is it cohesive? Is it exclusive? Is
3: Are you Do you feel like You have a community of bands That you're hanging out with? Uh, Yeah We definitely have bands That we're like
7: Friends with Um, I I think there's, like, no niche stuff anymore. I mean, there's definitely, like, a garage scene and there's, like, a punk scene a little bit. Um, But it's kind of... It's kind of, like, you're familiar with people, but there's not, like... There's not, like, a CBGB or something where there's, like, a bunch of bands that are, like, really in one spot all the time. Um, Which is cool. And just different than it's ever been, I guess.
3: Yeah? What's your favorite venue to play?
7: Um... Silent Barn, maybe that was a really good one. Silent, show. Oh, Silent uh, Barn is yeah. fantastic. Shea Silent Stadium Barn. sounds awesome. It's it's always crowd, cool yeah.
3: I was surprised the first time I walked into Shea Stadium there was air conditioning. Yeah, uh, it's. I, I was, I was like, here we go, sweat box, and I went, oh, but not again, as
1: DIY as one would think. Not
3: as the, not the DIYs I used to know.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the sound guys behind it like an isolated booth or something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. DIYs coming up in the world, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, do do yourself, grown and sexy, maybe. I
7: I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice gear in those DIY spots now. Yeah.
3: Um, so, have you guys been hitting the road at all?
7: Uh, just like one-offs and stuff. Yeah. Um, probably put something together more as as we promote this record.
3: Yeah. I mean, are you guys looking forward to touring? Looking forward to eating on the road? Things like that. Um,
7: yeah. As long as you avoid the uh, the fast food pitfall. I mean, because that just weighs your lo- your soul and your life down if you eat too much fast food.
3: How often? What's your uh, your pass on it? Like, how many times are you like? All right, I'll get fast food before you start feeling sort of gross. You can't, you, I mean, you're on the
7: road. You can't break more than once a day, though. You're just asking for... You're just asking to beat yeah, yourself up yeah. for death? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not food. It's just, like, chemicals. It's so. chemicals, right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Um, you guys want to play another song? Sure. Uh, what, what are you going to play next? Uh,
1: nostalgia, uh, nostalgia I think. Yeah, Nostalgia okay, cool. Kills.
3: Nostalgia Kills. Uh, cool, uh, and you guys have a video for this, right? We do, yes. Awesome. And who made the video?
1: Um, our friend, Nikolai Vanyo. Um, he just came to a show. Actually, the first show we ever played, um, us three. And he just came and was like, yeah, I got this idea in my head while watching you guys play. And uh, it was kind of morbid. Like, we're going like, to have an execution, but with water balloons. And that's basically the video. I get hit in the face with water balloons, and Josh gets hit in the nuts. So it came out pretty well. Awesome. Well, I don't, Did you get the better
3: end of the deal, it sounds like? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, well, here you go, Nostalgic Hills, uh, here on Snacking Tunes. Sweet dudes um i have to ask do you guys live together no no is that just too too much too much of you guys all the time
7: uh oh yeah
1: definitely mike and i used to live together for a little while yeah well, we don't anymore yeah. <laughs> for, for the betterment of the band yeah well he's got cats now and i'm highly allergic to cats uh, so it was just a logistical thing yeah uh <laughs>
3: that's that's definitely so,
1: so yeah it's yeah, kind of sad but it's all right
3: so you got the album, the the, the album you're a new songs. What's next? What's, what's on the docket? What are you guys going to do?
7: Um, well, we're playing uh, October 11th
3: at Cake Shop. Um, Ooh, love the Cake Shop.
7: Yeah,
3: for uh, CBGB Fest. Oh, yeah, CBGB yeah. Fest. I got to say, did not think that would last. I, it's, yeah, I guess and yet, it's legit f- now. F- how many years now? I, Four or I five? I, yeah. maybe, it's been around. Did you ever make it to CBGBs before it closed? Uh Yeah. Who did you
7: see? I I saw like a ska band all the way back in high school. Sounds about
3: right. Yep. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think about the time that I think we got old enough to make it to CBGB's, it was uh, a shell of what it used to be.
7: Yeah, definitely. Bathroom was still gross. Bathroom was still... Bathroom bathroom, was still gross.
3: Every time I read stories about uh, that bathroom please kill me, I just sort of shiver a little. Shiver just just a little.
7: Yeah. It was an experience.
3: You guys do anything for CMJ?
7: Uh yeah, we have a showcase on uh the
3: 21st. CMJ at, again. Yeah. Sti- still still here.
7: Well, CMJ's not going anywhere. That's like
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's if it's hands gone anywhere right by now, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> um and are you guys excited to be part of these festivals or would you, you know, do do you feel like camaraderie and like get to hang out and meet new bands and meet new fans?
7: Yeah, I, definitely. Um um cuz like you get usually on bills with like Six or seven bands.
3: Yeah, you so, are.
7: Um, and usually not bands you normally play with. So you just get to meet a whole bunch of new people.
3: Yeah. Um, well, that's great. And then, no, any dates out of town, or is just you got to be in New York, gotta be in Brooklyn. See you, dudes.
7: Um, not right now. I don't think we have anything but pest. I don't yeah, for now different. just New York, but hopefully we're gonna
1: we're gonna get down.
3: Those are two big shows for October. It's, yeah, that's a nice yeah. that's a nice one-two yeah, punch. October
1: is, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have but, a friends band, um, a band that we're friends with down in Philly, so and a, and another band that we're friends with in Boston. So hopefully we'll just get out and do a little Northeast sort of thing.
3: Awesome. Yeah, I would recommend Philly over Boston. I have yeah. no no love for Boston.
1: I like Boston. I mean, they have the I mean, you know, the Red Sox and the Patriots. Forget that, but the, rest yeah. of the city I'm all right with.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> with, look, there's only one good thing in Boston. It's honest taqueria. That's about it.
7: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Never delicious. Been. It's yeah. delicious. That is delicious.
3: It's yeah. delicious. What do you guys eat when you're uh, at home? Do You guys cook together.
7: Uh, I try to cook. Mitch is a. Mitch is a pretty good
1: cook. Yeah, um, Mitch, what you got I've been going on, on? Doing a lot of Asian stuff recently, really, like stir fries, um, noodle dishes, rice dishes. Um, I tried to get into a little bit of Indian, but it was just the, the hardest part with Indian is just tracking down all the spices and ingredients. But I found an Indian market, Kalustians. What's that?
3: Kalustians in the city. Oh, uh, okay. They have every spice. It's just it's a whole store of spices. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. But yeah, Indian Indian food—you just have to like really yeah. totally restock your pantry with stuff that you might not ever use, and then and again. then
1: it's tough figuring out if you need the seeds or the leaves of a certain certain ingredient because they have totally different flavors. I forget what I was looking for, um, like uh, like methi powder or something, but.
7: Meth powder. Uh, methy. meth-y?
1: meth-y. 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 <laughs> Emmy- <laughs> yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. I found <laughs> a guy on the street, and he's like, yeah. hey, "You want some meth powder?"
3: Yeah. yeah. It's like I thought this was supposed to be crystals. He's yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no. I got that methy powder yeah. for you. Uh,
1: energizing meal, right?
3: Well, listen. I want to make sure that we have enough time for one song. But where can people get the album? Where can people find you online?
1: Uh, our handles for Twitter and Instagram are at Toy Cities. Um, our Facebook, I think, is Toy Cities Music, and then our website is Toy Cities band.com but if you go to the website there's links to everything else yeah. and then uh, album's up on Bandcamp yeah, yeah the record's on yeah Sound, Bandcamp. Sound, SoundCloud yeah. Bandcamp iTunes awesome. and it's just digital for now awesome. maybe one day, one day we'll do vinyl Okay. with a download card
3: what's the last song you're going to play
1: uh, Kings Kings yeah. it's the last song on the record
3: awesome well I want to thank everybody who's been on the show uh, today Good Fest New York Whiskey Fest all the fests everything uh, we'll be back next week, uh, or I think maybe I'll just be back. I think Greg is still on the road. But here we go. One last time, Toy Cities live here on Snacky Tunes.